Today's Solemnity of Christ, the King of the Universe, is one of the newest of all of our feasts in the calendar. It was only instituted in 1925 by Pope Pius XI, and he did it for a very practical reason, because at this point in Europe, they were seeing the rise of two very charismatic and dynamic men, uh, Benito Mussolini in Italy, uh, leading fascism, and Adolf Hitler in Germany with Nazism. And because they were such powerful speakers, they knew exactly how to rally people behind them. If you've seen any videos of their speeches, you know how vibrant they were. And people were flocking to them by the thousands and almost claiming them to be the new saviors of the world. And in the beginning, both of them did some good things. Mussolini in Italy settled what was known as the Roman question after the unification of Italy in the 1870s. Uh, when the Papal States were taken away from the Pope, the Pope would now have been subject to the new King of Italy. And the Pope had complained saying he could not be the subject of another power. He needed to be independent and free from them. And so Mussolini with Pius XI sat down and created Vatican City as an independent nation, whereby the Pope would still have his territory, the Vatican, but and he would be an independent sovereign, not under the power of the King of Italy or the Prime Minister as later it would be. And the other miracle that the Italians always spoke about was that Mussolini got the trains to run on time. And in Germany, Hitler was able to bring the economy around again. Germany had suffered terribly after World War I and the Treaty of Versailles, uh, which pretty much put the blame or the financial burden of the entire war on the shoulders of Germany. And it was something tremendous, and they were struggling greatly. And Hitler was able to bring the economy around again. And so people in both of these countries were very excited about these new leaders, and they were following them and hailing them wonderfully. But the Pope saw the danger. He saw what was behind fascism and Nazism, and realized that at their heart, they were completely contradictory to the gospel of Christ. And to follow them and give our allegiance to fascism and Nazism would be to deny the gospel of Jesus. And so, in many ways, trying to call people away from that, one of the things he did was initiate this feast of, the, of Christ, the King of the universe, reminding people, don't give your allegiance to Mussolini or to uh, Hitler or anybody else because they are but human beings and their teachings are not the way to truth. Christ is the king. He has won the salvation. Give your allegiance to him and him alone and to no one else. And of course, at the time, the people largely just poo-pooed the Pope as once again, here's the church standing in the way of progress and not understanding the needs of people as we've heard so often in history. And so they largely just ignored what the Pope said. And yet history proved eventually that the Pope was absolutely right. Nazism and fascism were, in course, of course, a danger. And we see that now. Thankfully, the Italians halfway through the war started to realize what happened and they turned on Mussolini, they executed him and then switched sides and joined with the allies. And then the Germans afterwards, once Hitler was defeated, you can see how Hitler and Nazism almost became that topic we just don't want to talk about. You know, well, let's just not mention that name and that man. Almost embarrassed by how they could have given in and listened to that man. And probably later looking and saying, what were we thinking? Why did we not see through his lies and his errors? Well, 
Mussolini and Hitler, fascism and Nazism are now just pages in a history book. They had their time and they went away and Christ the King is still there. He is still the King of the universe. And that has been the case throughout 2000 years of history. When people have supported empires and kingdoms and so many other powers, they have come and gone and Christ still remains. In fact, I remember specifically when Pope Benedict was elected Pope after the death of St. John Paul II, uh, the cameras caught on the balcony of St. Peter's Basilica when the uh, Camerlengo comes out and announces that great news, Abemus Papam, we have a Pope. And they caught the picture or the scene of the late Cardinal George of Chicago standing there with a very pensive look on his face. And they asked him later, what was he thinking? And he said, this is what was going through his mind. He said, 2000 years ago, on the very spot where they were standing, the Emperor Nero put St. Peter to death as an enemy of the state. He says, and now the successor of St. Peter is standing right next to him in this beautiful basilica with all of the glory and all of these people around him. And where is the successor of Nero today? And of course, the Roman Empire, which used all of its power to try to wipe out this newborn church, eventually embraced it as its official religion. And the Roman Empire came to an end and the faith is still there. And how many other kingdoms and empires have come and gone in the 2000 years since that time? And they have passed into the history books and Christ is still the king of the universe. He will reign forever. He will always be there. He has won the victory by his death and resurrection. It's a guarantee. And we know that he will return in glory on the last day as judge of the living and the dead. And every human being who has ever existed, whether they believed in him or not, will stand in judgment before him, the true king who is the way, the truth, and the life. And all of us are in that same boat. We will all stand before him on the last day in judgment. And we long for that day because it is the day where evil will be destroyed and punished and goodness will be rewarded. And all the good that we've done will be rewarded us. And if we have confessed our sins before that time and received the Lord's merciful forgiveness, then you and I will be with him in glory for all of eternity. It's a guarantee. We know the solution. We know the answer even beforehand. Christ is the ultimate victor over all the powers of the world. And so on this last Sunday of Ordinary Time and in our last week, as we look forward to that coming of Jesus at the end of time, our calling is to remind ourselves to remain faithful to Christ and him alone and not listen to any voice that would distract us from him, that would pull us away from the glory of that salvation, which he has guaranteed us and he has promised us. Unfortunately, so often in the world, we end up doing that. So many good people, even faithful church-going Catholics, end up turning away from Christ and following popular opinions of the world. And we might wonder, why do we do that? And the answer is very simple. It's because although Christ has the truth that teaches us the way to salvation and the guarantee of eternal life, his way is not always easy. It's a struggle. It's a challenge. And sometimes it means to suffer for Christ, just as he suffered on the cross, remembering that Christ won the victory to us for us, not by bringing an army and defeating the Romans or anyone else or even the devil, but by dying on the cross and rising from the dead. 
And that was his ultimate way of destroying death by its own power, letting death be its own destruction and leading us to salvation. And just as people mock Jesus on the cross, as we hear in the gospel today, they mock us today. Our message is not popular and it's difficult for us sometimes to follow. And sometimes people look for the easy out. They don't want the truth. They want the easy way. They want to be popular. They want to fit in. And they look to leaders who will tell them things that they want to hear. Maybe the desires in their heart or the things they believe that they really think are the truth, but in fact are not because they contradict Christ. And so they look for leaders of all sorts of different backgrounds, politicians, uh, actress, actors and actresses in Hollywood and so many other people who say things that contradict Jesus, but they will espouse them and use their authority simply because they are a popular person. They are a name that they can say, well, this person has said so. So therefore, you know, I can quote their authority and follow them and believe what they teach me is in fact the truth. But we know it's a lie because they are not the way, the truth and the life only Christ is. And Christ, who has shown us the truth, is the only way to salvation. And they can be like Hitler and Mussolini. Sometimes different leaders can be very clever. They can say things that we want to hear. They can tell us the things that make our lives easier, that help us fit in here and now, that give us what we want to believe so that we can fit in in the world. But if it's not Christ, it's not the truth. And anyone who is teaching us anything contrary to Christ is not teaching us what leads to eternal life. And all the politicians and the actors and the actresses and the sports figures and anybody else who says anything that contradicts Christ, we will not stand in judgment when we die before them. We will stand in judgment before Christ with each and every one of them. And Christ will ask us, why did you deny me and listen to these other people who had no credentials whatsoever? You allowed their fame to lead you into following them simply because they said what you wanted to believe, what you in your heart thought was the truth. And yet when we do that, don't we commit original sin all over again? The original sin, the temptation to Adam and Eve to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was very much that, to say, don't listen to God, but if you think it in your head and feel it in your heart, it must be right. Follow your own beliefs, your own desires, not what God teaches. That was original sin. And anytime we follow the same thing, we make the same mistake. We listen to our own hearts and other people in the world who teach us things that we want to hear, but not the truth of Christ. And the reason only because the truth of Christ sometimes is difficult and we have to carry the cross. We have to stand in difference with the world. We have to stand out and like Jesus on the cross, sometimes we have to be ridiculed for our faith. Sadly, sometimes even people in the household of faith, even faithful Catholics who come to church every Sunday, sadly, when priests preach the truth of Christ, especially on our moral issues, they will be very angry. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear the priest telling them what they want to believe in their hearts. I had that recently here, right here at St. Dennis, when I was speaking on a particular moral issue. And I had a woman call me very angrily and saying, you know, I should not be speaking about moral issues. I should only be talking about telling people to love one another and give to the poor. And I said, is that the only thing that Jesus teaches us? And she said, yes. And I had to say to her, I said, I'm very sorry, but you're very wrong. 
pick up your Bible and read Jesus again, because Jesus is very challenging. And he taught us a lot more than just love one another and give to the poor. In fact, he tells us if anyone wishes to be my disciple, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me every day. For whoever would, lo- would save his life in this world will lose it. But whoever loses his safe life for my sake in the gospel will retain it for eternal life. And Christ is challenging. And if we're looking for an easy Jesus who's just going to tell us, believe whatever you want and just say you love me and that's okay. That's not the Christ of the scriptures. That's not the Jesus before whom we will stand in in judgment when we die and on the last day. Christ calls us to be radical changes in the world. His gospel was a call to complete radical change of thought, mind and action. And that's why he was rejected by many people in his day, because his message was not popular. And you and I, if we preach the same message, we will not be popular with many people. We will find people angry with us, and we will find people not wanting to hear what we have to say. But nevertheless, Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And if we remain faithful to him, we will be rewarded by him with entrance into eternal life. In our final week, of ordinary time as next Sunday we begin our new year of grace, the year of 2023. Let us ask the Lord to help us to remain faithful to him, to not listen to the voices around us that are easy, not the things telling us what we want to hear, but only the voices teaching us the truth. And only those people who speak us speak to us of things that are consistent with the truth of Christ. Let those be the only voices we listen to. And may we reject any voice in politics, in Hollywood, in sports, wherever it may be, that teaches us to follow anything contrary to the truth of Christ. Because they are lying to us. They are not giving us the truth that will set us free. And may we realize and desire to follow only Christ, for he is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no name given to us under heaven or on earth by which will we be saved than the name of Christ, the King of the universe. May Jesus Christ be praised now and forever.